In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Since tomorrow is the feast of the Divine Maternity, the Divine Motherhood of Mary, I wanted to preach today on the meaning of that very ancient and venerable title of our Blessed Lady, the Mother of God. We are so used to hearing it that we can easily take it for granted. Or we may not understand all that we mean by it. It does matter what we believe. We cannot be Catholic unless we believe the truths of the Catholic faith. And if we culpably neglect knowing or nourishing our faith, then we are we may be putting our very salvation at jeopardy. And so I feel it important and fitting to review some of the basics of our holy faith in order to more fully appreciate and understand them. And I hope too that we will grow in our esteem of Mary and strengthen our devotion to her. First, concerning the feast. Tomorrow's feast is actually a relatively new feast. It was instituted by Pope Pius XI in 1931 to commemorate the 1500th anniversary of the Third General Council of the Church, the Council of Ephesus. This council has been called Our Lady's Council because in 431 AD it defended and defined or clarified the ancient and continuous Catholic belief that Mary is truly the Mother of God, solemnly decreeing that all those who denied this belief, who denied giving Mary this title, are anathema, which means let him be condemned. This solemn declaration of this council was primarily directed against a certain man, a heretic by the name of Nestorius. He was the patriarch and the bishop of Constantinople at the time and obviously his followers. Nestorius rejected and publicly preached against giving Mary this title, Mother of God, or to be more accurate, he rejected the Greek word, meaning the same thing, which was commonly, commonly used even since the third century, namely Theotokos, Theotokos, which means God-bearer. First of all, let us be perfectly clear what we as Catholics mean, or do not mean, rather, what we do not mean by the title Mother of God. We do not mean that Mary is God, obviously, or part of God, or greater than God, nor is she some sort of goddess, like in the pagan mythologies. No true Catholic pays 
her the honor, worship, and adoration that is due to God alone. She is not the creator, but a mere creature. And even though she is the greatest and most perfect creation, with the exception of the humanity of Christ, there is still an infinite degree between her and the infinite creator. Now, the reason why Nestorius rejected the title Mother of God, because he was all messed up in his understanding of the Incarnation, which is the most fundamental and essential doctrine of Christianity. And this is very important to remember. The key to understanding the mystery of Mary is to start by looking at her son. If we do not understand him, we will not understand her. We will not understand Our Lady's true greatness, her fundamental importance in Christianity, and her essential role in the redemption and sanctification of souls, or her role in our own spiritual life. If we think little of Christ, it is inevitable that we will think little of her. But the more highly we think of him and adore his divinity and appreciate his greatness, the more we will love her. Now the problem with Nestorius is that he erroneously taught that Christ that in Christ there was two persons, one human and the other divine. In other words, that Jesus was just a very holy man in which God dwelled in a very special manner. And so he said that it, it was okay to call Mary the mother of Christ, the mother of the human person, but you could not call her the mother of God she didn't really give birth to a divine person, just the human person. To call Mary the mother of God, according to Nestorius, would be like making her greater than God, as though she was the origin of God, as though she created the Creator. But to be truly called the mother of God, it wasn't necessary that she communicate the divine nature to Jesus. We do not believe that she could or did. All that is needed is simply that Mary's child received from her his human nature, was flesh of her flesh, blood of her blood. Besides, even in regard to our own mothers, we don't receive our soul or our personhood from our mothers. God creates directly the soul and God alone. Now nature tells us what something is. And person tells us who someone is. But a woman does not give birth just to a nature or just a body, just a what, but she gives birth to an individual person, a who. 
She bears the relationship of mother to the person she brought forth into this life. And the Christian faith has always been clear on this point. That Jesus Christ, although having two natures, one divine and one human, he is only one person. In other words, Christ has two what's, but is only one who. And that one who is a divine person, the second person of the Holy Trinity, the Word, the Son of God. And so it follows that since Jesus is God and Mary is the mother of Jesus, Mary is the mother of God. It's simple logic. Now think about the awesomeness of this privilege. Mary and the Heavenly Father share a mutual son. She can, with all right, say of the second person of the Holy Trinity, in the words of the Eternal Father, Behold my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Begotten from all eternity in the bosom of the Eternal Father, the Son of God is born in time of a woman. He has a father in his divine nature and a mother in his human nature. You must never forget to be grateful to Mary for consenting to the Incarnation. Imagine if she said no. No Christ. No redemption. No hope of eternal happiness in heaven. To her we owe so much. Our very Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mary gave to God a human nature carried God within her womb for nine months, gave birth to him, nourished, protected, raised, clothed, taught, protected, and loved him beyond words, as only a mother could. Bishop Sheen used to say that all mothers, when holding their babies, would have to look up to heaven to thank God. But she was the only one that could look down to heaven. For heaven is God. And God was in her arms. She lived for 30 years in the closest intimacy and familiarity with Christ. Being the witness of his hidden life and the confidant of all the secrets of his heart. She was the love of his life. And he was hers. Since we are not able to comprehend the infinite greatness of God, it is simply impossible to grasp the awesomeness of the unique privilege of being the mother of God. St. Bonaventure says, God could make a bigger world or a wider sky. But he could not raise a pure creature higher than Mary. For the dignity of mother of God is the highest dignity that can be conferred on a creature. 
And so that Mary might be worthy and perfectly fulfill her role, her mission, her office, God lavished upon her the greatest gifts and privileges of divine grace, raising her to the greatest heights of holiness and union with him. As the archangel Gabriel said to her, Hail, full of grace. Her holiness is greater than all the holiness of all the angels and all the saints put together. Like the blazing sun compared to a little flickering candle. She is the chosen daughter of the Eternal Father, the mother of the Son, and the spouse of the Holy Ghost. God loves her more than all creation. And if he had to choose one, he would choose her. She is God's jewel, his gem, the apple of his eye, his best friend, his beloved, the woman of his dreams, the mother of his dreams. And only God is able to make his dreams come perfectly true. She is a paradise to God to dwell in. I've always thought it noteworthy that the Catholic faith holds womanhood in such high esteem that we must believe as Catholics that the most important human person, the greatest person, is a woman. Many of the greatest saints are women. Some of Christ's closest and most courageous friends were women. Women tend to be way more generous with God. In the supernatural order, there is no limit to the greatness and power a woman can achieve. And holiness is life's only true greatness and dignity. I wanted to read to you the beautiful thoughts of the respected spiritual writer, Father Lean, what he wrote on Mary and motherhood. I wanted to read it so you will not think it's just my personal opinion. Father Lean writes, Our blessed lady is truly a mother. Now you all know what the word mother means. Every letter of that word spells loyalty, sacrifice, and love. All the dearest associations of life cling to it. The word, the word brings up a vision of her who brought us into the world, who cared for us and nourished us. It tells of days of anxious watching and loving care. A mother's love is the most perfect reflection of the love of God himself. It is the most gentle, the most tender, the most compassionate affection on earth. A mother's heart is a divine creation. No one but God could have thought of motherhood. None but God could have given us mothers. So wonderful a creation 
his motherhood, that God himself determined to have a mother. Now, to me, that is a very beautiful thought, that God wanted a mother. But even what is more touching is that God loved us so much that he wanted to share his mother with us. In the words of St. Stanislaus Koska, who would so often repeat with true joy, God's mother is my mother. You see, all of us were created to live a divine human life. That is, a supernatural life. The life of sanctifying grace. God, being the author of nature, takes into account the instinctive needs of the human nature, all the legitimate affections of the human heart. He takes them. He elevates them. He sanctifies them. He supernaturalizes them. Now, in the natural life, a little child really needs both a father and mother for its perfect development. And it is the same in the spiritual life. The heart of a child yearns for a mother, needs a mother. And so in his loving mercy, God has desired and arranged that we are not only surrounded by his fatherly providence, but also by a mother's tender love. And Mary is that mother. To Mary we owe everything in the supernatural order as we do to our mother in the natural order. She is called the mediatrix of all graces. As Christ is the new Adam, the fathers of the church love to call Mary the new Eve because she is the mother of all the living, all the souls in the state of grace, especially. She is the mother not only of Christ, but of his whole mystical body, the whole Christ, head and members. She is also called, by the way, by the fathers, likened to the neck of the mystical body, through which throat flows all the graces from the head to the body. But being the mother of Christ in the natural order, she becomes the mother of our souls in the supernatural order. And as we talked about last Sunday, unless you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. And our Lord has given us his own mother to help us become children, to help us enter heaven. And so we should run to her as a little child, with all the trust and confidence to the most perfect of mothers. Run to her in all our needs, all our trials and temptations. Tell her all your sorrows. Show her all your hurts. Trust that she knows just what you need. No one can heal hurts like a mother. And if you do not know how to express yourself, 
You don't know what to say. You don't know how to explain what you need or what you want. Just look at her. Cry if you even have to. Just speak to her, no matter how incoherent your prayer may be. She'll always understand. All mothers have that superpower of understanding the incoherent babblings of their children. No one else can understand what their babies are saying, but they know what, what they mean. And so at every moment of our spiritual life, we are just spiritual infants. And we are totally dependent on Mary. Even when we don't think of her. Without a doubt, a religion without Mary is missing something that the human heart needs, that nothing else can take the place of. A feminine touch from heaven, a good woman's true love. So appreciate Mary. Be good little children with her. Thank her every day. Pray to her often, always, right from your heart to her heart. And never forget that her heart is a human heart with all the distinguishing qualities, emotions, and sympathies of a mother's heart. It is softened by prayers and tears. It is moved to compassion at the sight of misfortunes and sufferings. And it is powerless to resist the little childlike marks of affection that we offer her. Most of all, tell her that you love her. Tell her that you want to love her. Our Lord said, whatsoever you do to the least of my brethren, you do to me. And how much more true is this of his mother? As any good son, Christ will be very offended if we offend her. But he will also especially love all those who especially love her. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.